police in the morning. Welcome, B-Movie fans, to this week's episode of B-Movie Chat. Today, we will be discussing the relationship between society and media. It seems like no matter where you turn, people are constantly debating the same question over and over. Do movies make people violent? Do video games make people sexist? Should certain ideas, themes, or visuals be censored to avoid tainting society? Is a creator responsible for the actions of his fans? The relationship between media and the contemporary zeitgeist is a complicated one that may not have a clear answer. So today we will be discussing whether or not movies and other media actually impact the cultural narrative, or if culture primarily shapes what is shown in the media, and to what extent do the two influence each other. Joining us for this chat is YouTuber Hagbard Celine. Hagbard, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, this this seems like it should be a fruitful and an interesting discussion. It's nice to have you on. Yeah, like I said, it's a pleasure to be here. Something not fully politically charged, but still glancing off of it. Oh, yeah. So, basically, I personally think that a society really isn't affected too much by media unless it's kind of the right zeitgeist for it. Like, I think... Um, history kind and certain events have to affect it before media is really accepted by the masses uh what do you guys think well it's it's the the old perfect storm metaphor that you're talking about where of course you know if uh if the situation in germany had been different it's possible the what is the triumph of the will would have just been something that fell flat but it was the technical achievement and it was just the right period there was just the right time period it was released on so, I mean, I think cinema and things like that can more serve as reinforcers of existing phenomenon, as well as game changers of that existing phenomenon. It can do both. You see that in what I call America Fuck Yeah movies, um, where you go and you, you watch something and it's super patriotic and ends with, you know, it's usually a war movie of some sort about, you know, dominating the enemy and, and triumphing against all odds and those kind of things. Uh, they serve their purpose. Um, but do they affect anything per se, aside from to entertain an aspect of society as well as maybe, I mean, I can't imagine someone goes out and watches a war movie and then says, all right, time to go join the United States Army. It may enforce patriotism, but I don't inherently believe it does. I, I think that more or less what's going on now or, you know, in the current time for when something is made influences how that's made or how they portray that more so than it influencing the society or the people that see it. Um, there oh, are, well, certainly. Uh, it's there, like there believing are, it comes from a there, void is absurd. Th there are, you know, there are real cases, but very cases, few and far between where between people do, do you know, see that media and say, hey, I'm going to do that now. Or, you know, I, I think a prime example of media influencing society you know, in some way would be the original Star Trek series. There was so much advanced technology that really people strove to make reality, kind of like the communicators. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they can serve as inspiration, certainly. Um, but then again, it's to say, like, uh, that, that's, that's hearkening back to a long history in media at large of doing that, from radio to books. Uh, I mean, you, Jules Verne wrote about, you know, genetic engineering in the 1800s. I mean, this is, this is the kind of, the, it's kind of reaching back in history to that kind of thing, where our artists have always led the way when it comes to possibilities. But most of them are, aside from your, you know, Arthur C. Clarks and people like that, are utterly ignorant of the actual science they're, they're speaking of. They, they have no idea whether they're speaking of the possible or the probable. Like, people once upon a time may have thought we were going to have lightsabers, but science dictates it's highly unlikely we're going to. Definitely. Yeah, the way I look at it is, for the most part, like you said, if, um, if somebody already is kind of leaning toward a certain viewpoint, then if they see a movie that reinforces it, they're just kind of going to go further with that. And I think nowadays, where we have so much media, we've got so much uh, news, we've got so much um, everything that people kind of have the ability to stay in, like, their own echo chambers. So I don't really think anything's really changing anybody's mind. It's just kind of they're going toward what kind of reinforces what they've already thought. 
Yeah, or, I mean, simultaneously, that same thing is the reason why I'm not particularly worried about the argument that comes from the camp that says we're being brainwashed by the media. I can watch whatever the fuck I want, essentially whenever I want. Who's controlling what I have access to? I watch Korean films, I watch Australian films, I watch... So I'm not being fed one narrative, which is really what people seem to think is happening. And I think that's kind of a little bit on the bizarre side. This isn't North Korea. You know, this isn't communist China that censors the movies for scenes it doesn't like. And I, I, I fear even the discussion leans that direction with certain aspects of society in saying that it needs to be censored or for the better of society. I mean, damn, if anytime someone says that, be, be afraid. When someone says, you know, for the greater good, run. Absolutely run. That person is a megalomaniacal lunatic. Yeah, for the greater good in their vision. It's um they always leave that little part right. that, um I try to avoid watching the news because it's always because you know seems to be biased in one way, whether it's politically or you know, just watching local news, you always hear the same areas. You know, oh, this happened in this part of town. And it's every day something in that part of town. Well, you know, I live in a different part of town, but I know for a fact the same stuff goes on every day in my part of town. But you never hear about my part. Like, they, they're always, you know, just, you know, depending on what news channel you watch, there's always something that they're, you know, harping right on that. And they always focus on that particular thing and never give you the other side or show you something different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My, my joke has always been when it comes to news media, read uh, something from The Guardian and something from, uh, what is that, The Daily Caller. And read something from, just go left, right, left, right, left, right, because they all have a bias. And then what you do is, when you do that, there's going to be certain parts of the story that they can't afford to lie about or spin. And that's what the reality of the story likely is. And if you can find enough overlap, you can get to something resembling the truth. But if you don't read five or six different news columns on one subject, you're not likely to get that, no. They are absolutely reinforced echo chambers. If you, you can know somebody's political leanings by their preferential readings at this point. I like how it seems everybody nowadays is quote-unquote woke, but no one agrees on anything, but they all know the mm -hmm. truth. No, this whole concept of woke actually is interesting to watch trickle up, because the first people I've ever heard speak that way were tin hat lunatics, and they were the kind of guys that, like, uh, like they live. That's where it really comes from. You know, they live, we sleep. Well, what is, the, what is, what is happening in that movie? He's getting woke. That's, the, that's what they're all referencing, even if they don't really realize it. And, I mean, even The Matrix itself harkened back to that idea of waking up. You know, waking up from The Matrix, waking up to reality. And I think that's what everyone desires, because in the back of their head, most people have to know that whatever media they're taking in is absolute trite. You have somewhere in your brain you have to know that you're just making yourself feel better if you're reading one type of news. So then, of course, you're going to be like, well, of course I'm reading this because this is the only true news. This is the woke news. You know, this is me getting the truth and all these other people have to be lying or pushing an agenda or yada, yada, yada. There seems to be some, seems like a desire by people to know the truth that no one else does or few other people are um, privy to where it's like I have the I have all this information I've got I know what's going on no one else does and it seems like a lot of it's like an ego kind of trip where I think a lot of people that really don't have a lot of skills or just don't really read much it's like you know i don't need to because i know the truth you know even if, like don't come at me with your evidence or anything or like your science you know i know what's going on guys you know like you can trust me you can see through history what are the occult i mean that's what occults have always been and like little little cult groups and the occult is and you know the hidden or the gnostic you know texts and all these other things there are always people trying to get the other layer the layer all these plebs don't know and that's, that seems to be the main goal, yeah. And it's a bizarre motivation, but it appears to be uniquely human. I, I really have to like chime in on the, on the woke thing with, with two very mainstream things that have occurred this year, both in regards to the, um, the presidential election. One being the, the biggest YouTube channel ever, which is Epic Rap Battles, who, you know, think that they're telling everybody what they want and you can really tell their agenda by how the rap battle between the uh, candidates went 
Yes. And um, the other was um, the first uh. movie I went to see on release its release date in like six years, and that was the Purge election year. Boy, that was something, wasn't it? Oh my god, it was just it was it was hysterical, really. I mean, I I know it wasn't supposed to be a funny movie, but like. Just to me, the whole concept of everything yeah, there was it, will it, be, was just, it will be remembered alongside all of the terribly overacted, overscripted garbage movies in history. It will be a cult classic. It, I mean, the fucking lights all over the car and all that shit. Come on, what are we even watching? This is 1987 Mad Max levels of retardation. And then just how they they tried to portray like, you know. Oh, this this one is definitely you know represents this candidate, and you know he definitely represents that candidate, and and she's gonna win because because she's righteous, and that's kind of just how everything seems to have gone this yeah. year. Yeah, people have really taken the gloss off this year, and they're being supremely heavy-handed. You see it in all the all the media available. I've 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 stopped watching television shows that I was quite enjoying. Simply because the message just got so heavy, it was like watching an after-school special from the 90s. It's like, remember, this is what happens if you have premarital sex, kids, but it was with, you know, something happening in modernity. It was something in the election or something like that. It's, it's that level of talking down to their audience, and I find that stunning. It's insane. I remember those, um, they had the commercials with... Um the people who are in the Avengers movies and just telling you like if you vote for Donald Trump, e- Trump. he's like e- an evil like racist, racist. And, like there's like, looking right at you like dead face yes. like oh yeah you're gonna listen to me because I was in the Avengers it's like it's no like, come on yeah yeah well our society has done a really weird 360 on stardom uh, you didn't get a whole lot of respect as a play a play actor you know in the in the 16th 17th anything you were a fool you were a traveling entertainment that was a fancy. Nobody really cared for you. And now all of a sudden, the people with that same skill level are telling me how to vote? Are you kidding me? You're, you're a robot that people tell how to operate in front of a camera. Please don't pretend like your opinion matters. Any more than a bus driver's, frankly. I chose a bus driver's opinion over most of them because at least a bus driver talks to normal people. Like, check with some of these guys, and it's like, have you ever spoken to a normal human being? I have drivers. Don't be rude. I mean, that's basically the, the caliber of human we're dealing with. I talk to the help. Come on now. How would he know what to clean he... if he wasn't there to, like, if I wasn't there to direct him? It's amazing to me. It, I mean, it just, it is. The, the, but the, back to the point, it's, it's, the, the running idea in the current feel of America is this idea that media does have a very direct effect on, on culture and that you can affect change by forcibly changing what the culture sees. And I don't think the people who initiated this proposal understand that that has to be done with incredible subtlety and it can't be done rapidly. And for some reason, they just went full bore over the course of the last two years trying to initiate some sort of bizarre, forcible change. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm baffled by it. It's not even a good strategy because you can see it so blatantly. It, just, it, it makes me think of, you know, over the last um, 20, I think 18 or 20 years, since really um, the, the Columbine shootings in the 90s, where mm-hmm. you know they want to blame media for what's wrong with society, and every time there's some kind of act of mass violence, the first thing they jump to is, oh, it's the violence in video games is is turning these children, you know, violent. It's making them do these things. You know, it, it's their fault, and you know they want us to believe that it's media influencing society, to like not take the blame for it, and that's that's I think a big problem is no one wants to address the problem at hand they want to pass it off to something else and so they blame video games they blame movies um and strangely the one thing that they never blame is books which perhaps give the biggest um i don't want to say motivation but the the biggest charge the biggest um i'm just losing my word here 
Well, they have an aspect to the dedication to them. I mean, there's something to be said that documentaries have caused a huge problem in the last five or ten years of being ridiculously not a documentary. It's just you just shot like uh, 20 hours, cut it down to an hour and a half, and then spoke over it and set the scenes without letting the scenes tell their own story. You're explaining the aspects of these things instead of allowing the scene to speak for itself. Um, and I think I think there's a lot of that here. I, mean, I think there's a I mean, lot of that in 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 society. That's just like watching the news. I know my uh, the news was on at my house the other day, and you know I, I poked fun at it the whole time, but. Uh, the um one of the stories was a police officer that had um supposedly been assaulting a prisoner and it starts the the tape starts right in the middle of this prisoner has this cop by the throat and the cop is punching him and it's like oh yeah. look this cop hit hit this guy and it just like cuts out like the it it shows the cop punch him a couple times and cuts out it doesn't show how we got to that point um it, it doesn't show what happens after that it just shows you oh look this cop did this um but but what led up to that? Context is not important. Everyone knows that. It's the it's the snippets in life that are super important. I love when um, news reports will have, um, or you'll be talking to somebody, and more information on a case comes out. And it's like you kind of figure out what, what actually happened, and people are like, well, we don't know what really happened. It's like, no, we, we have a pretty good idea of what, what happened after what transpired. But What's, It's just like that uh, Netflix documentary. Uh, Netflix to make a killer, you yeah, know, they they provide you they with one side of the story, and you go and do the research. The other side of the story actually a lot more evidence that is against him than what they show. They just portray yeah. all this stuff and this you know big conspiracy theory, which I mean, in all possibility, conspiracy theories could be true. You know, you're like they say, you're not paranoid if if they're really after you, but you know, there's a lot more that isn't shown than what is shown. Yeah, and you were discussing how, uh, before we segued into documentaries, how um, books are more potent. And the reason I, I brought up documentaries is they tend to seem to imbibe people with the same confidence that otherwise took the dedication required for getting through a piece of text. And they'll go out there armed and they feel like they have that level of knowledge where they don't even seem to realize that there are books out there full of complete and utter horse crap. It's there are plenty. I, there's this whole idea that people have that if it's in text, it's more vital, it's more real. When it, that's not true at all either. I mean, you look, you look at all the diet fads, all the diet books. You know, buy my book. It's the best diet. It's the newest diet. You know, this is what's going to change you. And then people end up like dying because, you know, their body isn't regulated to eat. You know, gravel, dirt, and, and half a piece David, of lettuce. David Ike publishes. Uh, lots of books. David Icke has a library of books available to you. Uh, does that make what David Icke and his theory of the aliens and the Pleiades galaxy texting him inst information to his brain, is that because he wrote it in a book, is it real? The Church of Scientology. I mean, the Church it, yeah, I mean, are we, are, are we actually all being controlled by uh, alien-human hybrid reptilian uh, shape-shifting aliens or what? What's up? I mean, it's in a book. I can point it out. But it's a confidence issue, and it's it's a con. A lot of it tends to be a con, and that's never going to stop. The only thing that changed is the medium. Once upon a time, con men had to look you in the eye. Now you can write a book or make a documentary or slide your narrative into any other form of media and accomplish a very similar activity. Well, I mean, you, you well, see you, how you, uh, 28 uh, 20, supersize me. You know, it, they, you know, they say it they didn't take down, it the, take down the Big the, Mac and the supersizing, but... Is it really a coincidence it, that that stuff went away after that documentary came out? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, the irony of that is, is in itself, that documentary was a lie. There was much of that documentary that was forged and manipulated. And uh, it's the absurd notion that it was ever advertised that McDonald's was a good idea for an everyday meal. Uh, it, all these aspects aligned to make it so that it was more the public outcry and the force that could be applied to McDonald's about the existence of the supersize menu than the fact that anybody actually learned anything from the documentary. There was nothing new in that documentary that wasn't essentially public knowledge. No shit, if you eat three meals a day at McDonald's, you'll gain weight and fuck your insides up. I don't, I don't think anybody ever questioned that. 
I certainly never did. I learned to sleep in many new positions because of that movie because uh, we watched it every year in video productions and every year in health class in high school. Um, so I've seen that movie uh, between 10 and a dozen times. And uh, every, every time I have to find a new way to, to ignore it and sleep. So I feel like I learned a lot through that movie, but not the message it wanted me to see. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I mean about it being false information, though. And But people still affected real-world change based on that false information. I think it's Sturgeon's Law that states that no matter how, how crackpot a theory is, you can find evidence to back it up if you look hard enough. And I feel like that's never been more true than now. Like, every nutty conspiracy theory, or every just, like, if you want to take someone down, like, you can find, like, a story against them. It may be complete horseshit, but, I mean, it's like you said, it's written in a book, or it's in a documentary, or there is some document that states it somewhere, like um, Trump hiring hookers to piss in a bed that Obama slept in. Or Hillary being a mass murderer. Exactly. I mean, there's, exactly. there's a whole documentary about how she's had, like, you know, 18 people killed. Et voila. I have a documentary which proves my assertion, so I win. Just because there's a theory, you can always find evidence. I can prove to you using quantum physics that an elephant can hang off a dandelion off a cliff, and the dandelion won't uproot. I mean... You can you can shit your way into it if you really try. I'm almost more afraid that the assertion that media affects or has a direct effect on society might be more damaging than what they're afraid of. The subtle shifts and things that have happened thus far in society. Because, I mean, there have been things that you can point to and say that they've caused gradual and significant cultural change um what would be defined as you know the sexual revolution was expressed very heavily through media uh and the normalization of a lot of the things uh that were previously not okay uh foul language nudity etc etc but you can see the same thing happening with music and and you were saying video games earlier in the 90s were being attacked well before that was um metal music they went after metal music and said it spread Satanism. So it's, a, it's an ongoing battle against the idea that this music or this, this video game causes a direct impact on the people that take it in. And how much of that is true? Because there's an undeniable aspect to it. And to what degree and permanency that change is. And the, the scary thing is with how today's youth are being educated... They're really being taught to, you know, believe what they're told. And mm -hmm. with, you know, social media and all the internet sources out there, most of today's youth just, they believe everything. And it's, it's really scary because, uh, like we've seen with the, the huge explosion of media and everything um, this year against Donald Trump and for Hillary Clinton, like almost every college-age person after Bernie Sanders was eliminated from the race was just like, you know, Donald Trump is the devil incarnate because everything on the internet says so. Because yeah. everything on TV says so. When there, you know, there were some legitimate things, but there were most things that were made up or that had no backing. But, you know, the, the kids, they don't do any searching on their own. And it's, you know, part of the education system with you know, everything is standardized test anymore. So they're taught, here's how to take this test. Here's what you need to know. Here's the answers that you need. There's no free-form thinking. There's no research. There's none of the big concepts that used to be taught and used to be... What's the fucking word I'm looking for? Um, um, where, common core. Where you press it. Um, well, you were trained in it. You were... There was an aspect of critical thinking that was trained into you in school at some point. Uh, at least it was in my generation. I'm not sure how far that trickled down. I know the class that I took in middle school and high school was removed from the curriculum the year after I graduated. So I know that that didn't happen anymore. Uh, but, I mean, there was recently an article, and I actually read the source study that was cited in the article, about 50% uh, or 53%, somewhere in there, of all students that were polled and they were given a test, uh, a scientific test, that, that would basically present them with raw articles 
including the hot links and citations, and then see if they could tell what qualified as verifiable functioning news. And about 53% of them couldn't do it, and like in any sort of passing. I mean, and I, that's, I imagine the scale that they used for passing. What is that, 70% accuracy, 80% accuracy, and that's passing? And then the rest of them got under a 60 or a 50%. Uh, that's not good. That's not good at all. I think if I remember correctly, um, Americans were polled that they had the highest um, confidence in their abilities to pass tests and figure things out, but tend to score lower than a lot of other countries on them. So they believe they know the answers, but they don't actually know them. But the other sad aspect of that is that it's it's kind of that it's the overconfidence could then form feedback loop and maybe the kids that failed simply didn't care that's the issue is so many kids that take these tests don't care so many people that take that's why i, I hate polls with a passion because yeah. i used to take polls in uh the, the mall and they'd give five dollars for a poll do you think i gave a shit what questions and answers were being presented to me or do you think i hurried through that as fast as i could to get my five dollars Pretty I much. mean, when that's like, the polls are being conducted, can you trust the polls? What does that even mean? Well, like most of the well, time like when people respond to polls, respond. people who actually care about it, like, um, have the time they're done over the phone or by, like, you have to mail something in, so who's really going to be available at that time to do it and actually care? There's just a lot of problems with that, but, you know, there's a poll that says it, so it must be true. I mean, when you look at polls, just look at Family Feud. You know, you get some ridiculous questions. You know, you know what's a good, you know, pet to take for a walk? And one out of a fucking hundred says dragon. S seriously, are you saying a dragon's not a good animal to take? Is for a dragon walk? a pet? Do you have a pet dragon? I wish. Exactly. I mean, it's, uh, you know, sometimes. I mean, when polls are, you know, multiple choice or multiple guess like tests, you know, again, you're not going to have as much accuracy or more accuracy. Either way. And then when they're freeform, just here's a question, give us your answer, and then we're going to tally it up. You know, Then you get those those questions on Family Feud where it's, you know, name an article of clothing. Someone says, you know, bra, and under undergarments pops up for like 85. Well, you know, somebody takes that data and they loop a bunch of answers into one category to make it seem like that category is better. You know, it's, it's all data that can be skewed very easily. Yeah, well, as the old saying is, there's three types of statistics. Statistic, damn statistics, and lies, so. Pretty much. The one thing I remember from my statistics class is, if you change certain variables, you can make it say whatever you want. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and people are in love with charts, and not particularly concerned with how accurate they are, I've noticed. There was a chart was a done by some college, I can't remember which one it was, but and it just said the word chicken over and over and over again, but it got published in an actual like um, peer-reviewed study because no one actually read it. They were just, oh yes, that's a chart, and it was just, and it was just the word chicken over and over again. That, that sounds like a tasty chart. But uh, uh, on the aspect, I mean, how many people do you think, because there was a kid recently that said, I believe there was a movie he watched, Halloween, and it was the reboot. And if you remember that one, how intro intros the movie with uh, uh, Mike Myers as like a child killing his whole family. No, I, I thought um, it introed with the Jerry Springer show, and uh, his his parents were on stage fighting each other or some shit like that. Did it? Uh, um, it, yeah, it was. It was like twenty minutes of his parents fighting, and and then he killed everybody. But yeah, fighting. that's but that that scene early on, he um, he, the kid who killed his parents at like twelve, said that he was. He related to Michael Myers not feeling anything when he killed his parents. That's not the movie's fault. That kid was already fucked. 100% fucked. If your first thought when you're a nine-year-old, when you see that is, I like this kid, you're fucked up. And you were always going to be fucked up. Something chemically went wrong with you. I mean, that's some sociopathic shit. It didn't make the kid a sociopath. It, it just made him realize it at nine. Yeah. And just go, I like that. I mean, I like, I like blank William Shatner masks and, and blue overalls. I mean, I think it's pretty stylish. 
But that's like with um, Columbine. Like these kids, psychotic, and like I've re- I've read like some of the what psychologists said about them. But it's like no, it was the it was the Dune game. It was you know it was the parents and all this. I'm like no, these kids were psychotic, and it's a shame because like like you were saying before, it's like we have this fear of um kind of science and everything because it might say that some people have problems and everything, and yeah. it's just avoiding that avoiding the reality of it. And I I, I can't stand that. It's like you know there was something legitimately wrong that really no one could have done like maybe they could have seen warning signs but you know hindsight is always 2020 well, remember it was doom's fault because they could play the game it was kmart's fault because kmart sold ammunition oh. it was uh, mm-hmm. their parents fault because the parents had guns in the house it's the same problem you have with drugs where you see the whole um uh the war on drugs and then marijuana as a gateway uh, because so many people who use harder drugs started with marijuana, marijuana must be a gateway drug. Well, first and foremost, it's the easiest and most propagated drug essentially in America and always has been. You can find it easiest. So that's one variable that you're completely ignoring. People that are selling hard drugs don't just sell them to whoever comes up. Heroin dealers are very, very, very shaky. Uh, they don't tend to do business with randoms. Uh, so you kind of do have to work your way into the business. But aside from that, I can guarantee he started with milk. So all 100% of drug users drink milk. Maybe not breast milk, but they drink milk. You know, so there you go. There's there's another generalization we can make. Well, you can find me one person that didn't. Well, I can find you a person that did LSD before they smoked marijuana. Voila. You have the same statistical relevance. And that just makes me sad to think that there there are children out there being raised vegan and they, they will never know the joy of bacon and milk in the morning but now oh they please that's like that's like fearing for the catholic kids never getting to have premarital sex don't worry he'll eat it <laughs> it's gotta be weird having like bacon be your like forbidden thing it's like no i can't but i must <laughs> yeah you see it's it's w- when it comes to that i've found that a lot of a lot of people that by third or fourth generation drop those habits or at least the strictness of it um, to the point where I mean it used to be almost every Christian in America didn't eat anything but fish on Friday even the non-Catholics just it was a Christian thing to do you simply didn't eat meat on Friday now pretty much everyone eats meat on Friday no one's particularly concerned with that cultural practice anymore it tends to go the same way Uh, Orthodox Jews in Russia eat pork almost 100% of the Orthodox Jews in Russia eat pork why? it's cheap What are you going to do? Eat beef? You can't afford beef every day. You can't eat chicken every day. Come on. And because they're cut off from seafood, if you think about it, they can't have any fish or anything in central Russia. It's a step land. So you eat what's available. This reminds me of, um, reminds me of ba- like when pe- schools have those purity rings, and I knew a bunch of people who uh, I never went to like Catholic school, but I knew people who did, and they had those. Like, yeah, I'm gonna save, wait till till I'm married, or until I actually find a girlfriend, and then you know. And I swear, a hundred percent of people I knew broke that the moment they got into a relationship with somebody. It's like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe don't make a big deal about it then. Then you want yeah. Uh, I Fucking purity rings and promise rings. rings. Yeah, I, that's what I that, did. Is I, I, I attended me, one of those with the foreknowledge so that I was just going to use my purity ring as a promise ring. The, the promise ring. Oh, I just that pisses me off to no degree. Like just like either say it. Or buy a fucking engagement ring. If you don't have the money, fine. Don't fucking propose yet. Don't be like, oh, I'll marry you. But here's here's a promise ring. I promise to marry What the fuck's an engagement ring for then? Then don't buy an engagement ring. Just go straight from your promise ring to the marriage, okay? It's, a, it's an excuse for uh, 14-year-olds to have premarital sex in Christian areas and not feel like they're breaking the rules. It's that easy. <laughs> I think every it's, person it's, I've met who got a got a promise ring ended up breaking up. Like I, I can't think of a single exception to that. I've only known one person, and yeah, they uh, they they, they broke up. If you were smart at that age, you kept a drawer full of old throwaway rings to give away. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, girl, we married. Let's hit that bed now. I mean, that's that's essentially how it went in, in high school. Well, now now I see a greater purpose for the promise ring. I mean, but but still, it's just like. <laughs> It's one of those things, it just pisses me off, because I think because, you know, I didn't know anybody until college, there was one person I knew in college that, that had one, um, so, like, the only exposure I had to that was, like, like um, when they would talk about the fucking, the Jonas Brothers, 
oh, like, they have purity rings. Yay. Um, and, you know, they, you know, somebody gave somebody a promise ring in some media. Maybe I was watching Degrassi or something. And, yep, you know, were. One, of, one of them gave somebody a promise ring and then they went and had sex with one of the other friends. And, and then Liberty got pregnant because they used the, the Magnum condom. And, you know, just as a regression. Did you did you watch Degrassi? Um, I I watched Degrassi um, sporadically when it was on Noggin. Okay, me too. That's the same thing I did. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, they, they used to run like marathons of it. My sisters were yeah. always watching it, so I'm going to blame them for knowing way too much about it than I should. Oh, good God. I, I forgot it was still going. Aren't they having an episode recently or soon that's about uh, uh, gay kids and Muslims having a problem? I have no idea. It's um, it's, it's like now a, a Netflix series. This is going to get good from what I heard, um, is they're trying to tackle the cultural issues in Canada right now, which I mean, ought to be fun. I just, I, just, I just recently found out, like last month, that, that Jimmy... Who had gotten shot in the school shooting one? He's not Drake. Really crippled. He, he's he's Drake. He's, he's Drake singer. Yes. Sing. Like I was like I was like I was like that's, I was like that's Jimmy. The like, first thing I said when I saw Drake trying to be a hard ass rapper was, "You mean you mean the little motherfucker in the wheelchair from Degrassi? He wants to be a rap now? I don't know, man." And then all of a sudden he's a billionaire doing it. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then how how and did then how feel when JT got when stabbed and he died? Oh, see, the the episode I remember most clearly is the one where they were meant to have sex when someone's parents went away, but instead sat, instead sat around blowing up all the condoms he brought, like balloons, and throwing them around the room. <laughs> there you go. Using his, like, the ult- balloons. The ultimate in white bread endings. It was amazing. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap, that was so pure it hurt. I, I remember the one the one kid, he, uh, he started dating this girl, and he became a born-again Christian because he was dating her. And then he went back and had sex with one of the the girls that was like part of the main group, like he was. And then like he was like, "Hey, uh, we we should be together." And she was like, "No, that was just for a night of fun." So he went to his oh, girlfriend, so he- and he was like, "Hey, um, I had sex with this girl. Can I become born again Christian again?" And she was like, "Um, get the fuck away from me, ooh." <laughs> That's Three not times how that jerks. works. So no. <laughs> every every time you do something bad, you just do, do born again again. So like five Hail Marys and you're good. Okay, that that brings us to ancient media. Um, the Bible. There was a time where people would get baptized every week, just like you know, going to conf- uh, not confirmation, um, confession, and you know they believed that you know they could do anything wrong as long as they went and got baptized again, all their sins were washed away and and everything was good. That's like the whole Calvinist thing, isn't it? Um, it, it might be nowadays, but I mean that was I mean with with John the Baptist and. You know, when when that was first being performed, um, that was the general thought behind it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and it's like uh, uh, in Catholicism, that was their main tool of allowing uh, for conquest. I mean, how could a Catholic person have gone out and killed people or anything like that if, if they were truly Catholic and that, expected to go to heaven? Well, because that they, is had, a mis- they had mistranslation the, of, the, of the commandments, because it is not "thou shalt not kill," it is "thou shalt not murder." And yeah. if it was for a holy purpose, it was not murder. You, you are allowed to defend yourself, and it's it's not murder. It's not breaking a commandment. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then again, they this is from their books, as they would teach that the people they ran into weren't really people. So it made it really easy to, to kill them. They weren't saved, first and foremost, so they weren't of Christendom. And some of them weren't even really people. They they were the you know they were the lesser peoples of uh, the tribes breaking up in the Old Testament. If you read that, the description of some of the tribes, um, they are lesser people meant to be killed or enslaved wherever the two come to meet. That's in the text. So it makes it real easy to validate these kind of things as holy conquest. Yeah. Then you just go to church and say, "Hey, yeah, sorry, my bad. I won't do it again." Yeah, but it wasn't even a Christian, so God will forgive me for sure, right? I mean, I didn't kill, like, another Christian, so... (laughs) And, I mean, but if you're talking about that in an aspect of media, that is where I come to where I say to people, I have the ability to consume what I desire. Um, If it weren't for that, then we could have a serious discussion about that. Uh, But but I do. This isn't even, like, when people were, were first analyzing the relationship between media and the public. This isn't 1968. We have more than four channels, and I have the internet, and I can go look at whatever I want, even bad stuff that you don't want me to see. I'm allowed to go look at, and you won't stop me, which I appreciate. 
But that's the current state of our media. If it were any other way, and I suppose if I were a more passive consumer, there would be a problem. But the idea that we should minimize our media in any way, shape, or form, that we should restrict our media in any way, shape, or form for the lowest common denominator, if you'll excuse my, my use of that, I, I can't. I can't face that. I can't face the concept that we should restrict our society to the thinking capable of those in the lowest real. If you're a parent if, and you're buying and you're your buying child your a video game that's M-rated, well, it's, mm -hmm. it's your responsibility to either restrict that game or not restrict that from your child. They're but, not allowed to buy it unless they, you know, have a fake ID or something. Yeah. So, you know, I remember uh, there was a time I was in a, a GameStop and there was a parent that was buying an Xbox 360 and he wanted to get Grand Theft Auto 5 and he asked the cashier, is this game appropriate for my eight-year-old? The cashier said, no. I walked up to the gentleman and I said, you know, I don't work here or anything, but I work with children and this, this game is not appropriate. I said, what you're yeah. doing in this game is, you know, you're selling drugs, you're, you know, you're killing people, you're killing for the police, you're, you're doing this, all, all this stuff. And the, the cashier was like, listen, he's like, the first 15 minutes of this game, you, you steal, crack cocaine, sell it, murder police, and start a drug empire and work yeah. for the mafia. And the guy was like, oh, my son's seen worse on TV, so I'll take it. Well, yeah. Why the fuck I mean, did you even ask enough. that question then? Like, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I don't understand, like you said, why you'd even ask the fucking question if you don't care, but... As long as there's no sex in it, then we're okay. But I mean, like, I, I can speak from personal experience. I, I grew up playing video games. There was a time where my main reason for buying a video game, how many different weapons did you get in this game? How many guns could yeah. you use? I, myself, have, have grown up. I, I own firearms. I have perfectly, you know... You know great access to weapons and ammunition. Do I go out shooting and killing people because I watch violent movies and play violent video games? No! Only on Tuesdays. <laughs> Only on garbage day! <laughs> but you know, that's, but you know, that's, that's what I mean. It's, it's all in the person. You can be influenced you, by it. I mean, if, if you're influenceable, if you, you like have, yourself, like you said, like... you're the lowest common denominator. But as of right now, that seems yeah. to be the minority. Well, and but, nobody's ever but, argued the influenceability of children, I think. I don't think that's ever been up for debate. I oh, mean, let's oh. be honest. If you're from my, my generation, uh, you watch something like, you know, the Power Rangers or one of these other shows, you fought each other, and you jumped up in the air and tried to do jumpy kicks and shit like an idiot. Yeah, that's, that's what kids do. Yeah, absolutely. And we do have to kind of pay attention to what they're consuming because they're dumb. They're not really people yet. They're kind of stupid. I teach four- and five-year-olds. That's, that's my job. It's what I do every day. Yeah, they're and little idiots. I see... Oh, that, they're a lot smarter than, than you may think. And they're capable oh, no, of a I, lot I, I more. I work with kids, too. I just know and, that, that fundamentally they're influenceable. And it's amazing over the years that I've worked with children how much... Like, when I look at how I grew up and how my friends grew up and how our parents were, how soft how parents are today. And, oh, yeah. And it's... It's partially due to when children get to school, one of the first things they're taught is this is the number for CYS. If mommy or daddy ever do anything bad to you, call this number. When at that age, they really don't know what that's really supposed to be used for. So it's, yeah. you know, my, you know, I got grounded. They call CYS, you know, and, and tell them, oh, they did bad things to me. And, you know, the, the people that come out to investigate, they lead the children on. Well, did they yeah. touch you? Oh, yes, they touched me. Well, where did they touch you? And then the kids think, well, I've always been told nobody's supposed to touch me there. So then kids start making stuff up because that's what kids do. Yeah. And it's, there's actually, like, a fear of parents. Like, parents have fear today, today of the children. When I was children. growing up, probably when you were growing up, when a lot of the people I work with were growing up, you feared your parents. Yeah. Now it's the other yeah. way around. Yeah, absolutely. My my parents and the older generation more so even than my own. It was already being addressed, ironically, in the media. And like, I think 1995, whatever, King of the Hill, episode one, I think. Oh, King yeah. The when the, is, um, the guy comes yes, to the... 
and he's asking leading questions and he's kind of writing his own narrative of what's occurring and then condemning the parenting of someone who's done nothing wrong. Well, they were already doing it there. They did it in South Park to the extreme with the, you know, the P word joke where then the town is abandoned of all parents who got arrested for, for the molesting, the M word, there we go, molestering. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the aspect that the kids are taking over. It's an observation, frankly. Put our kids into power. <laughs> yeah. I used to work with a, in a facility for kids who um, kind of went through the system and basically were taken out of their homes for whatever reason. And I remember kids like yelling at like their people who, would, who were helping them. They'd lay on the ground screaming, I'm going to call Childline and, and get your get your ass thrown in jail, you fucking bitch. Like these are oh, yeah. like four and five year olds. Like, holy shit. Like. Oh, yeah, and as soon as the kids come into contact with the system, they realize the power it has. That's the really frightening part. So the earlier a kid's institutionalized, the less power caretakers have over them. Well, oh, then yeah. you look at, like, current research that's saying, well, you're supposed to raise children this way, and you should, you should do this, and you should treat them this way, and you have to encourage them this way, and you have to give them this. But then you look at, well, how were you raised? Because, you know, society's going to shit, it seems like, children first, and... You know, how were you raised? You know, you're a quote-unquote successful doctor yeah. or whatever. You're publishing articles. It seemed to be okay, you know, when you were raised that way, but now you're saying it's wrong to be raised that way and we should raise them differently. But yet our society is at an all-time low as, as far as credentials go with, you know, testing scores um, intellectually. There's a lot of things that have just gone away in this country and it just, uh, to me, it stems from that, oh, children should be raised this way instead of this way. And yeah, reactionary parenting is what I call it. Um, it has to do with if, you, if your parents did something to you that you never forgot, you guaranteed you weren't going to do that. And then if you retained a position of power, you wanted no one to do that. Whatever that thing was or whatever that thing you were denied, you want the, to lavish on a kid. If you weren't paid attention to as a child, that becomes the thing that you have to solve basically because all psychologists go into the field of psychology because they want to know what's wrong with them yeah <laughs> every one of them i've met and i met many in social settings not professional settings but in social settings every one of them is a bit wonky um it it has to do with they wanted to know what was up uh and then i think that a lot of people have let that influence their practice and have let it influence their their science even because of how soft the science of psychology is I've noticed that a lot of people, when they'll be feeling sad or depressed or some reason, for whatever reason, I mean, everyone feels that way, they immediately look for, well, what caused this? Well, I've been like, I'm a victim of this, you know, my parents did that. I'm like, wait, is there really a correlation of that? Or are you just not owning your own sadness? I mean, I know that there is psychology to, um, to all that stuff to a degree, but it's like, are you just kind of putting together pieces that to... You just have a conclusion, and you're trying to figure out the um, what goes to it. It's very strange. I mean, I just know yeah. I'm fucked in the head, so I just keep on keeping on. I mean, yeah. that's the healthiest perspective, I think. Just, I'm, just I'm, I'm really it. like a go with the flow kind of guy. Just, just let's let's keep moving. Let's do something different. Let's let's find something better. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think it's it's interesting to me that a lot of this is coming out of sociology and psychology departments that are difficult to do studies on, or at least verifiable studies. Very subjective. Yeah, and they make swinging assertions and back them up with very shoddy evidence. And that has started to be more respected than hard sciences. I had a professor in, in college. He, he had a doctorate, and he was very adamant on, you know, I have a doctorate. You will address me as doctor. And, you know, I was in his office one day, and his bachelor's degree was elementary education. His master's in philosophy were in, or his master's and PhD were in philosophy. And I'm like, well, you're not teaching philosophy here. You're teaching, you know, education. And it wasn't like he was taking, teaching educational philosophy. Like, he was teaching hard subjects. So it's like, you know, I, you know, as much as, yeah, I do have respect for you, you, you got your doctorate, but 
your doctorate is not what you're teaching. But yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, regardless, I've I've only ever had a handful of philosophy professors personally, but not one of them, even at doctorate level, demanded to be called doctor. That speaks to an ego issue, frankly. Oh yeah. I actually have a degree in psychology because back when I first started that, I thought that there was a lot more hard science to that. But when I actually started working in the field, I worked for an organization that they're like, oh, this is all fact based evidence. And I'm like, oh, like um, ways that we go about, you know, helping people. Then as I saw the process and I started listening to that and doing my own kind of research, I'm like, it's evidence based on what? Like, it's what you just yeah. pulled out of your ass. <laughs> evidence like. based on opinion. Yeah, that's what it was. Like, I remember there was one time this woman who is um, my supervisor. We were we we're c- kind of counseling this uh, kid, and they had him draw a picture, and um, we were supposed to analyze like what the number of fishes and who they represented in in the bowl, like um, who they were yeah, in they his did, life. They did that to me when I was in child counseling, and I actually intentionally screwed around. That was pretty funny because I, I was raised by a psychologist. Um, but if you want to get into the field of psychology and you actually want to do hard science, look into behavioral and cognitive behavioral. There's there's hard science there because it's all numbers driven. If you don't have data on it, shut up. That's pretty much the rule. Do you have something you can show me that says, no, well, I have that. No, that's you, that's you projecting something onto the patient. Please let that go. Pretty much, yeah. Like I remember this uh, woman was saying, like, well, to me, these fishes mean this. And I'm like... You have no idea what you're talking about, do you? Like, yeah, that's like being in an art analysis class. It's like, why are we even here? What are we talking about? You're just making shit up. This is how this is how it makes me feel. Well, no one gives a shit. That can't be applied to anything. No one cares. I I, I remember a class in college that was you know we had to respond to a message board, and it was about the movie I Am Sam, and the question was, should Sam have been allowed to keep his daughter? And if you know anything about the movie I Am Sam, you know, yeah. Sam is mentally challenged and he has a, do- a fully functioning daughter. And there was a guy, and for some reason we were able to see everybody's grades, and there was a guy who posted, Sam isn't even a human being because he has such and such a disorder and he should never have even been allowed to reproduce. And, you know, my answer was, you know, Yes, you know, Sam should have been able to keep his daughter. And I, like, cited, you know, different programs that help and, like, laws that protect people from things like that. I got an 8 out of 10, and that guy got a 10 out of 10. And I'm like, what? how? It's, it's opinion-based. I gave my opinion, backed it up with facts. This guy gave two sentences degrading people who have mental disabilities, and yet, you know, being an education major, and so was this other person, I, you know, in my opinion, that person should not have been allowed to continue in the major because, you know, if you feel that way about people that have handicaps or challenges or whatever's politically correct today, you really shouldn't be in a field where you are guaranteed to be interacting with people with such, you know, complications. Yeah, probably not. It takes to a different it, level when you start questioning if somebody's a human being. Like, I kind of understand I, that there's an argument. A 10, a 10 for bravery. I mean, he turned in a paper in which he, he went back to the eugenicist ideal. So, I mean, there's a 10 out of 10 for just sheer bravery. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of people that would have done that. This reminds me of um, when I was in high school. We had to write, um, we were taking Vietnam uh, literature, and we had to write letters returning to, um, like, letters from the Vietnam veterans. We were supposed to be their parents or, like, some stupid shit, like, returning, like, a letter. And one of my friends, like, looked at a poem that a Vietnam veteran wrote, and he wrote, like, as, his, as the guy's mother, wow, I didn't realize going to war would make you such a little bitch, like, writing poetry, like, such a little queer, like... <laughs> He, he got an F on it, but I'm like, wow, you actually turned that in. Like I said, you got to give him a 10 out of 10 for having the guts for it. Shit. I, what, what was I, our topic here? In theory, the topic was meant to be how and whether media affects society or vice versa. Oh, okay. So I think yeah, we, we stayed on topic about as well as you predicted. Yeah. It's always well, fun that way. I mean, we, d- we did kind of touch upon it here and there, but... um. I guess more personal experiences and and opinions on different things. 
But um, I, I just I really have to make one more point with with the video games influencing things because people always jump to that as soon as there's violence, and um, the Virginia Tech shootings is a prime example of as soon as it happened, these people you know jumped on the the bandwagon of it's video games. He played video games. Come to find out, the guy didn't own any kind of video games. Um, from the people that he socialized with, they said he didn't play video games. All he did was stay in and read books. We should ban books. Should... Everybody, let's you. get the fire. See anyone man. reading a book? Attack them. They're they're guaranteed to be the next shooter. That's that's just a fact. The one thing that's, that's that confuses me is this idea that like young men and young well young boys to like teenagers to their early twenties are inherently not violent in any way like like when did that happen like i I've, i was reading the other day about how like people like mao say tongue and hitler and things like that i mean like everybody goes to hitler with every argument but they would recruit like young boys from 13 to 21 because they're like yeah they're the most violent they have the most to prove so this idea that like they just kind of become violent from video games or media i it's such a weird thing to think in my opinion i mean i i choked one person unconscious in sixth grade but that was because I was being attacked by five people. I mean, they backed well, off after that. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, you know. But I mean, you know. Well, I also, I mean, I, I wrestled. You know, I, I did. I had a lot of aggression that, you know, that, you know, it's, it's a way to, to channel and focus that. And, um, you know, I think, like you said, that that's why, you know, men and boys of those ages were recruited. Because not just aggression and violence, but they have a lot of emotions to channel. And really, being of the male variety, we're taught that, well, you're, you're not allowed to channel that in any way that's not manly. And, and manly ways are violent. Like, you're not supposed to write poetry or, you know, make art or do something. That's, that's girly. You have to do manly things to express yourself. And how else do you express yourself manly-wise than with violence? Well, I think we all have yeah. the, the like um, capabilities of being violent. I think there is something inherent in that to some degree. But it, yeah, it, absolutely. It draws back to like, like, you know, what was you know ancient professions for men? You know, what was the biggest profession aside from dirt farmer? Soldier. I say general labor. Really, uh, the the biggest professions were things like quarrymen, um, carpentry. Uh, so building is another aspect that I think is widely ignored that and we're not allowed to do either, by the us, way. And that's, um, that's a big thing that, you know, a lot of schools, I don't I don't know any schools anymore that offer wood shop or anything no. like that. What happened is, is we tuned our society over the course of about 200 years to expect nigh-constant warfare. And we essentially left behind only the things that helped with that. Football, sciences... That kind of stuff. Things that can be applied directly to warfare. Engineering is easy to teach someone on the fly. You can essentially teach someone to build a bridge with the, the, the tools you've provided them in half an hour. It's not that hard. The rest of that, you've got to train from childhood. Training from childhood just makes me think of sumo wrestling. Because yeah. sumo wrestlers, although it, it seems like a very, you know, all you're doing is pushing somebody else... There are 39 different moves, and sumo wrestlers look like they're fat, but they actually have an incredible amount of muscle. Oh, certainly. And they start training, I think it's at 10 years old, um, yeah. to become what? sumo wrestlers. It's a, it's a great honor. It's not just, which a lot of people in our society think, oh, it's just fat people pushing each other around. No, there's, no, there's a lot of strategy, there's a lot of intellectual properties to being a sumo wrestler. And there's a and lot be, of discipline a, to it. It's another martial art in that it was selected for warfare. Um, it, it was sumo wrestlers used to be great warriors as well. Uh, sumo is a remnant art of selecting the largest people from your clan, which is another thing that you can't just show up to a sumo joint as with your 10-year-old and be like, we're going to start training this kid. They'll be like, he's too fucking scrawny, bye. We need die. big guys. We need we need kids that are almost as big as their parents by like ten. That's our sumo, and you you know how much a village had to expend to keep a warrior like that around. I mean, just the calorie intake alone. 
and they became champions. Imagine, and this is hard to describe to people, but imagine a society of people that are about four foot ten or five foot, right around in that region, and all their armor is made of pressed paper, and they have bamboo spears, and that's the majority of the military. And then a guy that this village has outfitted with fucking uh, some form of a hardened armor just walks up and pushes these people out of the way and punches a hole in the entire line. That's a valuable military asset. That's a human tank. That's what they did. They built little human tanks and used them for warfare. And now it's a fun art that the uh, Yakuza manipulates the numbers for to make billions of dollars. So that's that's nice, too. I'm, I'm, I'm empty here. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's uh, we covered just about everything and uh, everything, including the topic and everything around the topic. Um, that was fun. And things not even remotely related to the topic. So, but I mean, that's that's the point of B movie chats here to have fun, <laughs> to have a nice discussion, and to just kind of get things rolling. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good time. Definitely. And I, uh, I do appreciate you guys having me on. And we do thank you, Hagbard, for being on. Um, it was great. It was fun. You know, a nice, nice pleasure. Nice change of pace from, from movie, movie, movie talk um, like we normally do with people. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to come back on if you guys have another topic you think I'd be, uh, I'd be interested in. Definitely. Thanks a lot. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing the wrong guy.